Welcome to the Garage Podcast, presented to you by the Young Adults Group at Salem First Baptist Church. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Garage Podcast. We are going to take a one-week break from the Daniel series to bring you a very special interview. And so before that interview begins, I wanted to give a small introduction to what you're about to hear. The two missionaries that I'm about to interview in this episode are going to a region of the world that is not safe for Christians. And so in order to protect their identity and the identities of those that they will be serving with, we are going to blur out any mention of their names and where they're going specifically to keep them safe. So just to prepare you and what you're about to listen to, there will be two sound effects that you're going to hear. One of them will be music. The voices will disappear and music will start to play. The second thing that you will hear is a fast forwarding effect when certain names are mentioned in this interview. It's just to keep them safe. So we apologize for the way that this might sound, but the bulk of the interview is wonderful and there's incredible information given that we believe will inspire you in what God is doing around the world and maybe even inspire you to join the global missions movement. And so the last thing I'll say before we begin is there's a couple questions that I would like to ask you to prepare your heart for what you're about to hear. Number one is, are you aware of what God is doing around the world? One of the things that this couple does that is beautiful to me is before they even begin thinking about global missions, they start asking themselves, am I aware of what God is doing in the global church? And they simply start doing their homework. And so we hope that that's something that anyone listening will start doing, myself included. Another question would be, have you processed what you believe about missionaries? What preconceived ideas do you have about missionaries? Because again, even I had to admit, there's certain aspects or, or character traits or gifting that I thought all missionaries needed to have. And this couple does a wonderful job of revealing where their strengths are, but also where their shortcomings are and how God worked in them to place them in this specific country with their specific gifting to bless these people. And so they come out of college and many people think there's no way that I'm ready to be a missionary straight out of college. And this couple that you're about to listen to really does prove that wrong. So there's some incredible things that you're gonna learn in this about a couple different mission organizations, one of them being GoCore, and there's beautiful stereotypes that are just removed as they show you who they are and, and maybe who you could be. So we hope that this interview blesses you. We do apologize for the choppiness of it, but again, we do that to keep them safe. So enjoy this. We will return to the Daniel series next week, so we hope you have a great time listening to this incredible couple. As a leader of a group this size, there are a number of people that come up to me all the time and they're like, you gotta meet this person and you gotta have this person come speak. And I'm always hesitant, every single time. I teased Travis, I don't know where he, he's over there. So Travis came to me um, with someone and I, I joked with him about this. This was um, Jacob, uh, the young man that has since passed away of cancer. But he goes, Tyler, you need to meet Jacob. And I was like, no, I don't. Like, I, I don't need to meet this guy. He's like, he's gotta come speak. And I was like, no, he doesn't. But he's like, please meet him. And I did. And the same thing happened with Jacob that happened with this couple. So Chris and James Workington, two people that are here at that table that love the stink out of all of you. They just show up to love young adults. They came to me and they were like, there's a couple that you need to meet. And, and again, I was like, no, I don't. Like, there's a lot of people that I'm asked to go meet. And they're like, no, these people are amazing. And I was like, I don't know that. And then I met them 
And I don't know how long we talked, what, 20 minutes? But I knew in two minutes that these were two people that we can trust. It is my job under the Lord to keep you safe. That's why I don't let just anyone up here. I don't let anyone just come and speak. I don't let anyone come and make an announcement about their ministry. That's not how I work. Because under God, I need to keep your heart safe. So if there's someone coming up here spitting garbage ideas, that's on me. So you need to know that I take your safety very seriously, which is why I'm excited to say with no reservation that these two are incredible people. And they're gonna teach you about the mission that God's called them on and also a program that they're a part of that I really wanna encourage a lot of you to take seriously. Go core to me, and I didn't know anything about it till they told me about it, and this is what I love about how God works. There are so many programs out there, and, and I'm sure there's a bunch of amazing missions that I don't know about, but here's how God works. For whatever reason, he wants all of you to know about Go core because they've been connected with me through a crazy friendship, and, and James and Chris were a crazy connection to this church. So there's no reason why we should know each other, and there's no reason why they should know you, but they're gonna introduce themselves today and what God's doing in their life and what I think he might wanna do through some of you. So I'm gonna pray, and as I do, I'm gonna invite these two up, and they're gonna introduce themselves and their mission, but let me pray and bless them and our time together, and then I'm gonna have them come up. Father, thank you for this incredible day. Thank you that you connect me and this group and this church with friends that, again, we have no business knowing. There are thousands upon thousands of missionaries, but you wanted to connect us with these two. I wanna thank you for their, their sacrifice. They're giving up a lot to go love people. They're learning a new language. They're learning a new culture. They're putting the normal life story on pause to go do something incredible. And so God, I pray for everyone listening that they would be inspired. I pray that they, some would be inspired to give and financially support them. I pray that some would be inspired to go do the same thing they're doing. And I pray for others, God, that it would just inspire them to know that you are real, you are good, and you are working all around the world. So again, thank you for these two, and I pray that you would speak through them powerfully. I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, we are super, super excited to be with you guys today. Um, before we introduce ourselves, I um, would love to just share a little bit of advice that maybe you have heard before. It goes something like this. Take life one step at a time. The steps. And you're like, what? Sometimes life feels like that. You're told, oh, I got to take life one step at a time. But sometimes it feels like the steps we need to take are harder than what we anticipated. Sometimes it feels like we're going to fall flat on our face. Sometimes we don't even know if the steps are leading where we, where we think they should. Um, the Bible has something to say about this. This is a verse that um, Nick and I stumbled across early on um, in our journey. Um, and it is, whoops, going back, wrong thing. Um, it's Psalm 37, 23 through 24. It says, the steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong, because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. Those steps sure look like you're going to get hurled headlong, don't they? <laughs> but here's the thing. It's not so much about taking steps. It's about taking steps established by the Lord, right? Which is all good in theory, right? But what does the second half of this verse say? It says, when he falls. That's not an if. It's not a maybe, 
That's a when he falls. So in other words, there's an element of faith here. There's an element of we have to trust God. And we have to trust that God is holding our hand as we take those steps, which makes those steps a little less scary. We were both raised in the church and raised in missions-oriented churches. And so that was something that was really foundational in both of our upbringings. And additionally, we both love the outdoors. We're passionate about hiking and skiing and things like that and just traveling. And so that's just something that we share together. And then most importantly, that uh, point that kind of brought our stories together was that we both went to Oregon State and that's where we ultimately met. Yeah, any beavers in the room? Yeah, nice, go beavs. (laughs) A brief history about us. We met at Oregon State our freshman year, didn't start dating till senior year. Um, and after graduating, we got engaged and started planning our wedding and our future life together. And we had like pretty standard plans. We wanted to travel, we wanted to buy a house, we wanted to have kids, you know, the usual. I ended up applying for my master's degree um, from Wheaton College and kind of thought, okay, maybe we'll start that. We'll, you know, kind of lining things up. And um, we got married February 15th, 2020. So what was right around the corner as we looked ahead? Um, COVID. And <laughs> we were the lucky ones. We squeezed in our wedding woohoo, before everything shut down. But right when we felt like our life was about to begin, the world sunk into hibernation. And suddenly we were both working from home. We went to one church service before everything shut down. We had moved to Newtown. We were in Vancouver, Washington. We knew sister, and that was about it. So our world went from really big to very, very small. We both worked from home. We shared a bedroom and we worked back to back and we scheduled our meetings so we weren't talking over each other and it was wild. And one of the biggest questions we started asking ourselves really quickly was, without a church home and without any possibility of going anywhere, how do we stay involved in what God is doing around the world? How do we we stay connected when we're trapped in a way? With COVID, we couldn't travel, but we thought, what's a way that we could travel from our living room? We decided to pick a country a month to start praying for. And so while it wasn't going and traveling and being in person in a culture, um, this ended up being a really cool opportunity and experience where we really got to learn about a country and experience what God was doing. And so what that kind of looked like was we'd pick a country and we'd watch an overview video, specifically Geography Now, if you haven't heard of that. It's a really fun video series. And then we began to read um, other literature on like what the church is, how the church is doing in those countries, like from the Joshua Project or the Open Door International Summary, which kind of gives a history of the country. Of the country, and then we continue just to dive into the country's history, learn about um, what was how the country developed, what like the tides of history, who was who conquered who, and things like that. And then we would just search current news and learn about what is going on in the world right now. And through that, we began to pray for the country and pray for um, other organizations that were serving, Christian organizations that were serving in that country, and really just begin to pray for them once a week. And so that's how we really dove in to learn about the world and what God was doing throughout the world, and really learning how he is moving and working. Yeah, and as we prayed, as God does, he started drawing our hearts to a very specific part of the world. And it wasn't something where we thought, oh, we're going to pray and God's going to like lead us somewhere. It was more just as we learned about culture, as we learned about history, we started to fall in love. 
And we started to fall in love with this area of the world, Central Asia. In our hearts, we were just like, this is really fun. We're enjoying this moving forward. So we started asking ourselves this question, well, what's next, right? COVID started to lift up. We thought, okay, now's the time to move forward with all those plans that we made when we were engaged. So um, I started my master's degree in humanitarian and disaster leadership through Wheaton College. Um, great program, loved it. Um, but that, you know, wasn't the totality of everything that we wanted to do together. Um, so we thought, okay, well, maybe now's the time to buy a house. You know, with COVID being kind of going away, we thought maybe now's the time. Some of our friends bought a house and guys, interest rates were like, woo, and we were not buying a house. So we thought, okay, well, that's not happening. Let's see, what else do young married couples do? They get a puppy. <laughs> and we got a puppy, and we had him for three weeks, because guess what? We live in a second-story apartment, and we got the most hyper dog breed on the planet. So, yeah, he got rehomed. He is with his sister's sister-in-law, so still, still in the, family. the family. We still hear about him, but he is no longer with us. So we thought, okay. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. God was wrecking our plans. God was showing us that the steps that we were taking were not in faith. We were taking these steps. We thought we were doing what we were supposed to do, but we hadn't prayed about it. And the dog thing really taught us a lot. We really realized we did not pray before we stepped into this. And so we thought, okay, if we're going to be smart about the next step we take, we got to pray about it. So we started praying about starting a family. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And we just felt like the Lord was saying, put that on pause. I need you to put that on pause for now. Um, so we thought, okay, God, what are, what are you doing in our lives right now? We are three years married. COVID's lifted. I'm about to wrap up my master's program. What's the trajectory? Where are you taking us? Um, so it was around that time um, that I stumbled across this organization called GoCore, and um, Pastor Tyler mentioned it. This is what you'll see if you go to the first page of their website. And immediately, we were like, wow, this is really, really cool, because it's really easy in the missions world to see lots of different missions organizations and lots of different opportunities and to think, where in the world do I fit in all of this? As we began to like kind of explore the, the website and, and look at what they were all about, we began to realize that there was a missions opportunity, not only with people with ministry or like pastoring backgrounds, but with people that had like technical uh, skills and that there was placements for those um, kind of coming out of college with those skills to go serve the Lord in a ministry context. And as we were um, kind of browsing the website, we saw that there is engineering opportunities and community development um, opportunities. And I have a background in engineering. I've been working as a civil engineer for the last four years. And so this really jumped out at me um, and was super cool. Like I knew there was opportunities to do engineering abroad um, in other countries, but I didn't really know how that fit in the ministry context. And we discovered that um, through GoCore. This is where we need to hit pause. Because if we go back to the dog thing, if we go back to the family thing, if we go back to the house thing, there are, when we take steps of faith, there's certain things that we need to do first. And the first one of those things is we have to pray. We have to ask God, is this the right step to take? I don't want to make any big life decisions without you, God. Because if I take it without him, 
Is he going to be holding my hand? Right? There's, there's this promise that when we fall, and I want to know that God is going to be there holding my hand so that when I take these steps that he's there with me. Um, the second thing that we did was we went to Missions Connection. And um, if you don't know, that was just this last weekend. And I were there. We were representing GoCor. Um, but I grew up going to that conference, um, and it was his your second time going. Um, so we went to Missions Connection. This was last January. And um, we were just kind of searching. We're like, okay, God, if this mission thing is what you want us to do, you will tell us what country to go to, you will tell us what people to go, group to go to, and you'll tell us when and how and why and where, right? Because it seems like we should be getting this burning bush moment. We need to have this Moses encounter where God tells us, this is where I'm calling you. But it's not really what happened at Missions Connection. So what happened for us was we went into this workshop, and we're you know, listening to this guy, and he's sharing, and it's great, and at one point, you know, he, he's going through his notes, and he says, you know, if you feel like the Lord has put something on your heart, take the next logical step towards it, and we were like, oh, that sounds familiar. That sure sounds a lot like that, doesn't it? <laughs> we're like, okay, all right, Lord, if you're calling us to take next logical steps, we'll do that. So when we start thinking about, God, where are you calling us to? Where do you want us to go? There were a few things that we knew. One of the things that we knew was we were really passionate about this area of Central Asia. We knew that for whatever reason, God had put that area on our heart, and we were super passionate about it. The other thing we knew was that we really wanted to serve among and we were like, we want to be a part of that. So the other thing, this might seem silly, but we knew we wanted to be somewhere that had mountains. And that sounds really silly. And you might think, why would you put that on your wish list? I don't know, but we did because we love our mountains. The last thing that we definitely knew was that we had gone to school, we had invested a lot of time, and we wanted to use our skills in a tangible way overseas. We didn't just want to go and have to learn more than... Um, you know, develop these new skills in areas that we maybe hadn't necessarily spent a lot of time in school. And we wanted to at least use the investment and then continue growing as we were overseas. So knowing all this, we applied to GoCore and we said, here's what we got. We don't know where the Lord is calling us. We don't know um, how to sort through all these options. Can you help us? And they said, sure, we'd love to. One of the, the placements that stuck out to us was in Central Asia. And so Part of GoCore's um, way they work is getting to talk with a coach, and uh, they really walk through with you and pray with you um, to help you discern. And so they pointed us to a placement in Central Asia. And this, these countries were former Soviet Union countries. So um, with the fall of the Soviet Union in 1991, was pretty recent. So these countries have only been around for about 30 years, so very young. And so they're still forming, learning their identity, and trying to have their own, restore their cultural identity. We're going to, this is a beautiful part of the world. There's beautiful mountains, there's deserts, um, there's modern cities that are beautiful, there's remote villages in the mountainsides. So I also now just wanna talk a little bit more about the team that we're gonna be joining in. And so we're joining a team made up of Americans and local believers. And the team focuses on community development and disciple 
ship making. But the approach that our team takes really starts with prayer. Everything we do, we want to start with prayer and end with prayer. Because the reality is that um, it's God that's moving in the hearts and minds of the people we're reaching. And so we want to start with prayer and follow him into this. As we are praying, we want to prioritize developing relationships in these villages that we're going out to. And so this looks like working with our local partners that go into the village and find a person of peace. Somebody in the village that is open to seeing seeing and wanting to see change in their community or even open to spiritual conversations. And so our local partner starts with that person and begins to develop that relationship. And as um, that relationship cultivates and that person of peace in that community begins bringing other people um, into the community together, our team and our local partners begin focusing on empowering those local people uh, through training and development. That really looks like coming alongside them and encouraging them as a community to identify a problem that they see in that community and working towards um, finding a solution to that problem and um, a way to fix that. And so lots of times that looks like, you know, maybe a road project or a building project um, or a water project. And, for, and so for example, um, this last year, um, our team did a road project. And so we helped them with some technical expertise, resources, and training to do this project. Um, while the local leaders and the people in the community kind of created that vision, did the design process, and brought the people in the community together to do the project, and, and ultimately empower them to have ownership for change in their community. And then with that, as we're kind of doing those projects and seeing that physical transformation taking place, this really opens up an opportunity as we're building those relationships to start seeing spiritual transformation happening in the community. Um, our partners begin to have spiritual conversations with people in the community during the project, and it really opens up the door um, for having discovery Bible studies. So just an opportunity in a relaxed setting just to have uh, conversations and for, our, for us and our partners just to share stories from the Bible in a, um, orally. And so... Um, through that, we begin to see spiritual transformation. Yeah, so I'll talk a little bit about we'll what we'll specifically be doing. Um, so the first thing, of course, is prayer. Mention this, but I'd love to dive into it just a little bit. The primary way that God is working in right now is through dreams and visions. So he appears to them in a dream. He's usually a man in white and says something either to the fact that I'm the way, the truth, and the life, um, or he in some other way calls them to himself. They start seeking um, Christians, they start seeking um, the Bible, um, and that is how God is working. He's also working through healings and other miracles. Um, and so you're not spending a lot of time debating things. You're not spending a lot of time in apologetics. You're not spending a lot of time, you know, talking with people and saying, this is why what you believe is wrong. No, we spend a lot of time praying, and we're praying that God would touch people in miraculous ways. Um, so that is a key part of what we're doing now. It's a key part of what we'll be doing while we're there. Um, the second thing is we'll be learning the language. We'll be spending a year doing that, and probably longer, <laughs> as we um, work to um, build relationships with those around us. Um, and that's a key part of relationship building is knowing the language because there are very few people who speak English and as you're learning the language it just opens the door for relationships. So the third thing is we'll be doing engineering and community development and if you're tracking through this you probably see a lot of 
check marks, right? Going back to that slide where we were like, this is our wish list. We want to go to Central Asia. You know, we want to use our skills. And God just like made that all line up in a really beautiful way. So um, this engineering background will serve with the project management side. I hope to do some leadership development um, as well as helping start up different projects and things. And the last thing, obviously, is we're there to share the gospel. But there's an element of, yes, we want to have conversations and we want to share verbally, but a lot of it is how do you live your life, right? We talk about actions speak louder than words a lot, and that is so true, especially as an American in a very, very different culture. When someone looks at you and says, oh, you're an American, therefore you're a Christian, therefore everything in Hollywood is who you are, right? Being Christian means all the other junk that we see. So it is key that as we share the gospel that our actions reflect that we are holy people who love God and love them. Um, so that is a huge part of what it means to share the gospel um, in that culture. But to close, I wanna come back to this slide um, because I feel like this is probably the most important lesson that we have walked away with. Um, it's very easy to get to this point in a presentation and um, to look at these stairs and to be like, wow, whoever climbed those is crazy, right? And I know going to Missions Connection and growing up and doing that, it was easy for me to see people on the stage and be like, God's called us and we're going. And for me to look at them and be like, they've made it. And that is so not true. And I really want to dispel that for any of you who are feeling that because when you see someone above you in whatever way that you perceive that and you go, they're crazy, here's the thing. Your staircase is different than my staircase, right? And we're all called to take steps of faith. Like we're all heading in different directions and God has a direction for your life and for my life and for your life, okay? So whether it's moving overseas or choosing a certain class, standing up for what you believe in, being vulnerable with accountability partners, sharing deep things that you're struggling with, whatever it is, there are steps of faith that God calls every person to every day, and we have to trust God with those. It's not a matter of taking steps to be a more holy person. It's taking steps to grow closer to God. So for us, our journey has been, hey, I want to pray about different countries of the world because I want to find out what God's doing. Hey, I want to learn more about this because I want to see what God's doing. And I want to encourage you that in your life, if you're taking steps to find out what's God doing here and there and in my life, he's going to take you exactly where you need to go, right? And we're going to fall sometimes. We're definitely going to fall sometimes. We got a dog and had it for three weeks, okay? We fall sometimes. But here's the thing. That staircase for us and for you, it's far from over. It's so far from over. It's one that we climb our whole lives and we get to see the ways that God rescues us over and over and over again. It's a staircase of faith, and we get to keep growing, and sometimes we fall down, but we keep growing in that. Our story is far from over, your story is far from over too. So anyways, that's what I wanted to leave you with. Um, just as an encouragement, we're an open book. We would love to hear your questions, share about anything. Please feel free to ask anything. So that's all we have for you guys. Thank you. Guys, thank you. 
there really was like on on more of the serious note just some of the takeaways and then i've got a couple questions for you one of the neatest things for me was the list and go core because i think we have this perceived idea of what a missionary looks like what he or she is gifted in and that list was massive and didn't fit even in my list of things that i think was normal for a missionary so you you kind of mentioned it but can you go over just really quickly what go core's um system looks like like what is normal for like you sign up you get assigned to a country what does it look like when you actually go like timeline okay so yeah i'd love to back that up a little bit because um we didn't really explain it in full detail so when we applied the application process um asks you to put down three different placements um so you kind of sort through and you say where where are my top choices what are we looking at um, and then once you apply, you meet with a coach, and they kind of help you walk through that. Um, and then they have give you the chance to start meeting with different teams um, and meet with different people. And so GoCore guides that process for you, but we're actually going with a different organization. So GoCore partners with 15 other organizations like YWAM, InterVarsity, um, Reach Global, and other organizations, and basically like recruits for them and then trains you and teaches you fundraising, and then you go and you join that organization that's overseas. So we're not overseas with a GoCore organization, we're overseas with a different organization, but GoCore is the one who mentored us through that whole process. And yeah, and usually the process could look like, sometimes it could be as quick as like six months from maybe when you discover or kind of start that conversation with GoCore to launching so our application was like submitted in april or may and we technically could have launched in october um, but we just decided to delay until um, this next year but um, it's pretty quick and fundraising is a three months is what they give you um, and they really encourage you to stay within that and if you're like wow that sounds really crazy it's amazing the training you get and it's amazing how they kind of guide you through that you you had told me that you're going to be over there for two years is that typical for a GoCore missionary? Yes, all of them are two-year placement. Okay, and I love what you just said about fundraising too, because something that I've learned really since being at this church, there there is a huge hesitancy in me to ask for money from anyone. I just don't feel comfortable with it. However, what this church has taught me is there are truckloads of people who genuinely feel like it's their gifting from the Lord to give money and to send people. So can I ask a rather personal question? What has fundraising looked like for you? Are you fully funded? How can we help? Like, where, where are you at with that? Yeah, so the fundraising journey was just really growing. Like, you really, really got to learn what it meant to, like, really invite people on the journey of what God is doing around the world. And like Tyler was saying, um, how we all have different roles from um, sending, supporting, and, and going. And... Um, yeah, and so that just was a really growing experience and really seeing um, how God is a God of abundance and desires for us to, um, yeah, view him in that way that he wants to provide for us. One of the key things that we were taught really early on is um, all things are God's. <laughs> and, and you've heard this before, um, but I think especially going into fundraising saying my resources and my time are God's. And the resources and time that people give me are also God's. They're not giving to me, they're giving to God. And then I'm receiving from God. 
So everything that we fundraised, we're like, yeah, God gave that all to us in our community. We're sure a big help. But ultimately, they were giving unto the Lord. Um, and I think when you recognize that you are someone who's just activating people and you're meeting with people. So we would meet with um, couples. We didn't do a lot of big sharing things. We would just go and we'd share a story and just say, we would love to invite you into this. We would love to invite you to be a part of what we're doing and um, with their resources. So. so are you guys fully funded now? We are, yeah. That's incredible. Fully funded for two years in Central Asia. Um, what? One more question, and then I kind of want to open it up to you guys. I, I know, having been a young adult pastor for over a decade now, there is a timeline in people's minds. I love what you mentioned at the beginning, like what do young couples do? It's like they go get a dog. And I laughed because we did the same thing, my wife and I. We adopted a Great Dane, and that lasted for two weeks. And we were like, no. And we didn't go to Central Asia, so I don't even have a good excuse. I was like, it's too big. It's got to go. All of the dog lovers are like, we hate you. Like, get over it. You're going to do the same thing. We're going to get a cat. Yeah, see, they got two. Um, so for, for you guys, what was it like uh, emotionally, intellectually, conversations with family? Because, And I, I don't mean to make fun of your parents. I'm sure they're incredible people and they never sin and they never worry about your decision making. But I know even with my parents, it's like you get married and, and mom and dad are like grandchildren and you're like, please stop. Like, don't do that. What was it like shifting that? You're not giving up that dream permanently, but you had to make some decisions. We're not going to go get a house right now. We're not going to have children right now. How did you handle that? Was it easier for one of you or... I mean, it looks like he's just always calm and cool and collected. And No, I think it was definitely a process. Like when we were talking about praying into these things, it was really like we were having a want and a desire, but uh, that praying into it was really also saying, God, this is what we want right now, and like kind of surrendering that to him. So it definitely was a process. But like as we were praying together, like by the grace of God, like we were both pretty much on the same page um, through it, like both on like that kind of our timeline, we were both kind of yeah. um, on the same page on that. And then as the Lord was kind of like redirecting us or telling us to kind of wait with kids and, th and starting a family, um, we were both, yeah, on the same page and at peace with that. Um, but it was definitely trying and um, a lot of conversations and a lot of a lot of prayer. Yeah. yeah. And then with regards to family, I think the biggest thing that we did was we let them know early what we were thinking about and just said, hey, we're praying about moving overseas. And um, having them be a part of that prayer process and also talking through, like, this is what we're talking about sacrificing. Mm. Um, I think it's easy to hold vulnerable things to yourself and yeah. to not share about those things. But I think being really open about it helped us process that, too. Yeah. How upset was your mom when you told her, like, Mom, I'm going overseas to Central Asia? She was pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> mom, look at you. My brother told my parents he was moving to Bend, and my mom was like, I'm going to slash your tires. So, <laughs> I, Good job, Mom and Dad. Um, so real quick, and I've, I've got a couple more. My mind's racing, but I want to open the floor up to you guys. Any questions about, the, about GoCore, about any of their decision-making? Any questions? Uh, the question was, how old do you need to be to get started? Such a good question. Um, so GoCore primarily works with 20 to 29-year-olds um, just because moving overseas is a huge transition. There's a lot of paperwork, and so I know there's some age requirements within that too, but um, go ahead. Yeah, but, um, I don't know too much about it, but this year they did start an internship program. Um, so 
there'd be placements for the summer where you're joining like a long-term team for like six to eight weeks. And that is for college students. So freshman through senior year, through senior in college or, mm. um, so, or just really that 18 to 25 age, age ranges kind of targeted for internships. And those internships are with long-term teams, which is great. So if you feel like, wow, I really connect with this team in Bulgaria and want to come back for more long-term, then that's a great in with a team. That's wonderful. Yeah, so it wouldn't just be like this, joining a short-term team and then like pulling out. You're, you're being a part of a team that's really invested in the community. Yeah. Question right here. Yeah. So are you guys going? The question was, are are they joining a team already that's established? Yeah. So the team has been there for ten years, and so there's about fourteen people, and then eight local people on the team, and so and they've all been there for a varying amounts. Yeah. The, the question was, what if you like it and two years is not enough and you want to stay? Um, parents, close their ears. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, there definitely is an opportunity to stay longer. And so with GoCore, though, um, you're yeah, kind of committing to two years. So if after that two years you feel like the Lord's leading to come back, that's completely fine. You can come home. Um, but with yeah, a lot of teams, um, if you feel like the Lord is wanting you to stay and keep serving, there's... Um, most teams are long-term and they would be happy to have more people join the team. And so that's something we are, you know, having open hands to the Lord and wanting to, you know, um, not be closed off to what yeah. the Lord might have. Yeah, we'll also be living with a host family. So family doesn't speak English. And so we'll get to <laughs> practice every single day how to communicate our basic needs with them. So that's going to fast track things for sure. <laughs> Thank you guys very, very much. One more round of applause for these guys real quick. So, coming into the rest of the semester, we're going to jump back into the Daniel series next week. And then following that, just so that you can get excited about what's coming, we're, this has been a very theoretical, very um, prophecy-laden series. And for some people, you love that. Others of you are like, please, God, do something else. So after this series, we're going to jump into a very practical series on wisdom. What does God think about the way that you handle sex, intimacy, money, your job? So we're doing a series on wisdom and how to make good decisions. Then we're moving into a series out of Job and Hosea. How do you handle a God that brings you into very difficult circumstances, sometimes very painful? So we're going to move into that. Um, and then after that will be a series on the Holy Spirit. So we've got everything planned up through the summer so we'll let you know more about more events as they keep happening. But thank you guys so much for coming today. If you want to come talk to these two, come on up. Otherwise, God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Thanks for tuning in to the Garage Podcast. We hope the message has made you think deeper about faith and will strike up new conversations as you go about your week. If you want to hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Have a great week.